Hello all for this next installment in our inter-season bonus episodes here on Thronderdome, presented by myself, Dr. Daniel Dottie, uh, joined as always by Ronnie Gardaki. And um, this one is hard. This one's hard to do, for me anyway, because this is a bonus episode all about how... Well, all about how I was wrong... Very hard to get those words out. I was wrong. Uh, astute but listeners... Daniel, isn't that every episode of the podcast? <laughs> no, I merely lose the debate every episode of the podcast. I'm never wrong. I'm just not a very good debater. Um, this is one where I was actually wrong. But you did bring up the, 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 the debate segment of the show. Because what this is, this is a reckoning. This is uh, chickens coming home to roost. This is the other shoe dropping um astute listeners will recall from uh our seventh episode in the series episode season one episode seven a star wars cassette in your trans am our debate topic was marcel the shell with shoes on and i took the anti-position ronnie honorably took the pro position i was arguing primarily from my memory of the viral short of 2009 uh, Ronnie had actually just recently seen the feature film, and he was much more bullish on Marcel than I was. Um, and but in the interests of fairness, in the I would say my own high-mindedness, my own willingness to stick my neck out, I agreed uh, in the course of that debate to watch the Marcel the Shell with Shoes on feature film at some later date, and then publicly record my sentiments about it after having watched it so that is what we're doing today this is uh my well let's see i've I've already made my rounds i uh of course i let ronnie know that i was charmed by minute one and it never let up i really really enjoyed the movie um i even went back and posted a mea culpa under where the director of the film had responded to me on twitter being rather churlish about Marcel the shell with shoes on asking hey just give us a shot I think it's a really fun cute movie and so I had to say to him that uh, I I regret the things I had to say which I I never wanted to have to do I mean the, the number one rule of online beef is never take a step back never relent I maintain that position with Kevin Smith if he ever if he ever shows his face around my neck of the digital woods again it is on site with that guy but as for the director of Marcel, the show with shoes on, I- I'm hoping to bury the hatchet. Um, this is an entire episode. So take him off me. Daniel's enemies list. Take it. We're taking him off the enemies list. We're taking Marcel off the enemies list and adding Marcel to the sweet angel perfect boy list that I also maintain. Um, this is an entire episode of me eating crow, which I don't look forward to necessarily, but. Uh, I think it's for a good cause of letting, uh, you know, just having a fun, we haven't really done like a fun movie riff episode at all. And every podcast needs one of those. Um, so with all that preamble out of the way, I thought, uh, Ronnie, since you're kind of the, the resident expert on Marcel, the shell with shoes on the feature film, the motion picture, uh, having seen it at least one more time than me, could you give our listeners maybe who haven't seen the film, uh, a little bit of uh, kind of a synopsis. What's this movie all about? Well, it's about Marcel the Shell, who has shoes on, and he's an adorable little shell guy who 
lives with his grandmother and his uh, his pet ball of lint in an Airbnb house. And the, the movie's sort of a faux documentary about this guy just, like, asking uh, Marcel questions about his life and what he does. And then the overarching plot is about uh, Marcel finding where the other shells went. Because uh, he used to live in an entire colony of shells, but now it's down to two shells. Which, as Marcel points out, is not enough for a thriving colony. Yeah, I think the, the line was, I, I learned that it takes a minimum of 20 shells to maintain a, a, a viable population. So I don't think we're going to make it. <laughs> Which was okay. one, of the, one of the first lines that really had me... Had me rolling in the aisles. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think an interesting angle on the, the, the sort of whole conceit of it all is that the, the documentarian who's shooting the movie has also recently split up uh, with his significant other. So there's a kind of reflected kind of loss uh, happening between the, the subject and the, uh, the documentary maker. And the director in real life had split from uh, the voice of Marcel the Shell, uh, Jenny Slate. That's right. I, and I don't, I, I deliberately didn't, I think over the course of, you know, of course all of our devices listen to us and then the algorithm, you know, serves up content on a, on a silver platter for us to glut our brains upon and further hone the algorithm for them. Um, so I think it must have heard us talking about the movie at some point because I started getting like suggested links about like Jenny Slate talking about making a movie with her ex-husband and part of me was curious, but I also definitely did not want to have any more context than just knowing the bare minimum of that fact for uh, for the film. Because it, it really didn't... And, and I don't know too much about the, 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 the production there, but there were a few scenes that felt very improvised between the director. I forget, what was the, what was the name of the character? Who was the, the documentary guy? The documentarian? I think it's just... Uh, uh... Like Dave Dean. or something, Dean. That's Dean. it. Yes. Well, there's some. There's After some. The uh, uh, director whom you slandered. <laughs> the director who graciously decided not to sue me into oblivion under the UK's libel laws, which uh, I don't think would apply to me, but uh, lawyers can find some way to do it. Uh, but there are a few scenes which seem extemporized between Dean and Jenny Slate as Marcel the Shell. So I guess their working relationship must have been sufficient for them to to collaborate on this which ended up being i think a very a highly successful collaboration I, I guess i want to take this point to uh to kind of explain what won me over and i realized i had a misapprehension with my extreme anti marcel the shell uh stance and ronnie do you remember around the same time there was a series of uh, internet videos called uh, what was it? Salad fingers. Do you remember salad fingers? I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know about salad fingers, okay? Well, this was another like viral-ish uh, short that was going around where it, it was all very hot topic because it was the idea there was a creepy little guy in a house and he had lettuce for fingers and he also had a, a croaking little voice sort of similar to what Jenny Slate is doing for Marcel the shell. And I realized in the course of watching the movie that the voice I was remembering that I hated so much was actually for that thing and not for Marcel the shell, but it sounded familiar enough that I was associating some negative 
feelings from that uh, with it. So another another way in which I was uh, unfair and also tricked by my own brain. So I don't know if I should be held responsible under those libel laws we just talked about. Um, so you're blaming your past self for your own uh, wrongness. More specifically, I'm blaming my past ex-girlfriend who thought the Salad Fingers videos were hilarious and would make me watch them with her. Uh, ah, that, so now that you're is, blaming a woman. I'm blaming a woman for my own misogyny toward a woman performer uh, in the role of Marcel the Shell, a boy. So, so there you have it. <laughs> but, but I guess I should say what I was, I was instantly won over by the... Um, I don't know what you would call it, really. The kind of meditative pace, I guess. Because I, I, listeners to, um, well, I don't, I don't know if it's ever really come up on uh, on Thronderdome, but I kind of famously have uh, an ambivalent at best relationship with movies. Uh, I find it very easy to just not care about ever seeing a movie. Even, you know, even when I make an attempt to actually, my wife and I did a project, a movie night project last year where we were going to watch a new movie every week and alternate picking them. And I did watch some that I had like been very curious about and, and hadn't wanted to see. That's where I, well, we talked about, that's where I got my love of Ozu movies was, was during that project. But I typically don't, uh, I'll just say I'm not going to go out of my way for a movie. Most of the time, because I oftentimes just feel like I'm being beaten over the head by them. Like they're they're a very blunt art form for the most part. So something I really appreciate about the Marcel the Shell with Shoes on movie is that it has a lot of quiet. Um, and I know this makes me sound like an old man, <laughs> like I just want peace and quiet, but it's not rushed at all. Like it had a very. I'm realizing now that it had a very similar vibe to like my neighbor Totoro. Do you know what I mean? Where the actual yeah. p- pacing in action was, it left a lot of space to absorb imagery and to sit with kind of the soundscapes. Uh, it was really cool. I'm, and I'm glad you said, yeah, I knew what I was talking about when I said it reminded me of My Neighbor Totoro. <laughs> it had that energy. <laughs> I mean, it's quiet and reflective and it isn't, uh, isn't really concerned with going anywhere particularly very quickly. Yeah, like if I had to count actual like plot points, I mean you can do them on one hand, really, because like it, you know, there, there there's a, there's you know there's some scenes of like what we might call action where things change, you know, a, a new dynamic is entered. Um, I guess I, would, I guess we want to play it kind of cagey with how it all actually unfolds because that was pretty fun. I'm not necessarily a uh, no spoilers fanatic, but the the way that. Uh, the interplay of uh, Marcel's little video going mega viral and then how that ties into his own personal growth and how it ties into his ideas about how to find the rest of his community, the rest of his people, uh, I think all comes together in a really satisfying and cool way um, that feels very, it feels very organic and earned which is another point in the movie's favor because that's another thing that typically annoys me about movies is this drop shit in your lap and just, you know, whatever. Uh, well, there's a higher level of craft going on with this one for sure. What I liked about the plot point of his video going viral is that, like all videos that go viral, it kind of just has mixed results because a lot of these people who become fans of Marcel don't actually see fit to 
like, help him, but are just, like, influencer assholes who want to, like, go take pictures of themselves at Marcel's house or whatever. Yeah, that that was, I thought that was interesting that, like, the the follow-up that they make to the original video that goes viral is one that's explicitly Marcel saying, like, hi, yeah, I everyone I knew disappeared. I would really like help finding them. Because um, the 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 idea of what happened to the other the other shells and whatnot is that the there was an emergency gathering point that they all agreed on, which was the sock drawer. Uh, if so, if something's you know if things are getting a little hairy in the household, they all meet up in the sock drawer because all these these shells and stuff kind of exist kind of in parallel to the humans in an environment, a little bit like gnomes or uh, or to you know to reference another Miyazaki, uh, a little bit like the secret uh, world of Arietti. Which is, of course, based on the borrowers. So I guess I'm referencing the borrowers. Um, but anyway, they ended up getting swept up. There's a big argument between the man and the woman who are staying there, and he just empties out his drawers into a duffel and leaves. And so all the uh, all of the community was in there except for uh, Grandma and Marcel. But yeah, so there people are aware that he is trying to find this entire people <laughs> that have disappeared from his life and yet they are still mostly like oh word i'm taking a selfie in front of marcel's house oh my god love that guy um and that was i i i uh i mean keep in mind i would take a i would take a selfie in front of marcel's house oh i absolutely would and I then i would go inside guy. and 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 help that little guy you know he he really he, he maintains such a positive attitude in the in the face of all of it uh yeah he has I guess some good I, insights too i mean I don't have a whole lot of quotes, but I'm just looking at the IMDb, and one of my favorites is, uh, he, he describes the documentary as, it's like a movie, but nobody has any lines, and nobody even knows what it is while they're making it. <laughs> yes, that was that was really good. Um, yeah, there's there, there are a few really, really fine uh, bon mots in there. I should have been taking notes, but, you know... Uh, I wasn't going to go. I was. I didn't want to. Oh, I didn't want to ruin this extemporized appreciation by over preparing. <laughs> uh, saved it. Um, but yeah. So well, I mean, also I, the thing. The thing about Marcel that we haven't talked about yet is how much uh, Marcel's life parallels yours, because uh, <laughs> you're a you're a short gentleman. Uh, I am. Yeah. About that is true. Five five three five four. Uh, five, six. Thank you. So really short. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and because of, and because of, uh, Marcel being the size of a shell, he has to like have alternate ways of getting around the house because the house is like huge compared to him, much like it is for Daniel. So, uh, <laughs> like he gets around by driving around in a little tennis ball, much like Daniel, mm-hmm. uh, he has he has little like uh little he has like spoons that he he uh, catapults off of like Daniel does. Mm-hmm. He uses uh, honey to make his shoes into little suction boots to climb up walls, much the way I do. Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, I mean, while we were watching it, he he was uh, Daniel was just like it me. I'm that. I couldn't stop saying it. I also have to recover hair from the drain because I don't have any of my own. Um, yeah, there's, exactly. There's also, yeah. So I, I saw a lot of myself in uh, in in Marcel. Well, and I I do think on a serious note, I do think the character is one, and I think this is sort of, uh, 
you know, I don't have a I don't have a film studies degree. Okay, so I don't know if there's like an actual term for this, you know, a term of art or whatever. I guess relatable is the word I'm looking for. Marcel is a character that is very relatable in the sense of like kind of there have been times in your life or there's like a part of you that maintains a kind of in the face of everything, like the idea that like, well, I'm going to make the best of this. I'm going to, you know, I think there's a there's another line where he says, you know. I'm going to keep doing whatever I can because uh, I deserve a good life. And that little, that little guy was so right. We can, you know, we can work hard to, uh, to, to have a, a better life that we deserve. Uh, but I do think that that definitely helps with the kind of uh, endearing qualities is that we can see some of ourselves, a part of ourselves in Marcel, a part of ourselves that tends to get kind of beaten out of us, a part of ourselves that's sometimes hard to access and that is where I think sort of Marcel as a character really, uh, really shines through. And, and that he is almost completely without kind of self-conscious uh, embarrassment about who he is, which is a neat touch. Because, of course, he's, he doesn't have any guile. He doesn't have any guile. Exactly. He doesn't have any he doesn't have any shame about who he is. And so he's not trying to paper anything over or uh, appear to be something he's not necessarily. So there's a refreshing sincerity, but he also knows how to joke around. What a special little guy. I just think it really was a really tremendous performance by Jenny Slate. Um, the actual line reads, the actual delivery, go, it goes a long way in making the jokes hit. And I think she just did a terrific job. And I, and I mentioned before on our debate about our initial debate on Marcel the Shell, I do enjoy Jenny Slate as a performer. I think she's very sharp and very funny. And uh, this was another uh, another example of that. Um, but yeah, I guess we can we can hit some other uh, kind of high notes. Ronnie, did you have anything that you wanted to to particularly well, I, discuss? I think that the uh, the film succeeded in defrosting your uh, your long standing Gen X cynicism, <laughs> uh, taking things at face value, because I think that was your whole your whole issue with Marcel the Shell originally, because you didn't enjoy the earnestness and you needed a ironic remove in order to comprehend or enjoy uh the the character in the series that um yeah that may have been i'm thinking now that may have been the origin of our uh for gen x by gen x bit uh i really don't know where that came from or why i why i stuck with it for so long <laughs> uh but no i i'm no stranger to sincerely in, enjoying things uh but, I mean, there may have been... And again, I was going off of recollections from, what, 2009, so I would have been, like, 25. You know, a real Gen X kind of age. Uh, you know, all, all, uh, all, all full of ironic detachment and whatnot, and, and fear. Fear of my, of my real and sincere emotions. I'm sure we've all, you know, we, we've all had times like that, and young adulthood can you be one of those times. You to have a little shell guy come into your life, into your heart. I wasn't ready to open my heart to a little shell guy, uh, and much to much to my regret, you know. Had what if I had opened my heart to Marcel all those years ago? How would things have uh, gone differently? I don't. I, I wouldn't necessarily want them to have gone differently because I do love my life where I am now, and I I I love my my family. I love the life that we've built together. But you know, maybe if well, that Marcel makes fun had... of you. <laughs> I guess we don't have the other participants in my life here to uh, discuss how they feel about it. 
which is one of the that would be benefits. another bonus episode. Uh, I don't think it will be because I was going to say that's one of the great benefits of being the producer and sole copyright holder of Thronderdome Entertainment Limited. <laughs> um, well, one thing I wanted to kind of rebuttal: ask you the about five-year-old when... speaks out. <laughs> Firing line. Um, well, no, crossfire. That's what I was trying to think of. Uh, but well, one thing I want to kind of talk with you about, um, and we're not going to go very long. I mean, this really, this really is an episode of contractual obligation because I did say we would record an episode after I watched Marcel the Shell and give my honest uh, reaction to it, which is, of course, I also you enjoyed it so much that it it kind of uh, like takes the Mickey out of me just relentlessly hammering you for uh, being wrong. <laughs> That's right. We did sort of uh, we did sort of schedule this episode to be uh, forty five minutes to an hour of Ronnie dancing on my grave and hollering at me as I ate crow and just otherwise just really spiking the football. But but we've all we've all let Marcel in our hearts a little bit. I think too much to uh, to allow that to happen. Well, one thing I wanted to make sure that we talked about was that um, I think on a on a technical level the the practical effects and all of the contraptions that Marcel, because it was done in stop motion, right? Like they, they retained, yes, they retained the stop motion of the original short. And so they had to physically build like all the little contraptions that Marcel uses to operate things in the house and whatnot. And a lot of them were very, very clever and a lot of fun to see on the screen. Like kind of, if you've ever enjoyed a Rube Goldberg, you know, kind of, kind of thing then there's there's a lot there's a lot of that going on which is a lot of fun and very deftly pulled off like i don't quite know how stupid the sentence is going to sound but i feel like the movie did a very good job of creating the physicality of a tiny shell boy and the environment that he inhabits and the the physicality of all these contraptions and contrivances that he must use I mean, yeah, the, also the, the mockumentary aspect is done well so that it feels like an actual documentary. Yes. Like we're just glimpsing in at uh, Marcel's world. And, and uh, I realize another reason that I like Marcel the Shell so much is that it reminds me a lot of uh, one of my favorite game series, which is Pikmin, which also oh, is about yeah. little creatures that are interacting with, uh, you know, uh, big things and, and, uh. And, you know, you have the, the little Pikmin guys uh, picking up a, a, a Coke can or a Game Boy or something. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, uh, that's a really good insight. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. But, yeah, like you have a bunch of little guys who are interacting with a material environment and material objects that are made for human-sized people. And so they must necessarily they approach them entirely differently. Um which makes for a you know a nice like not exactly a fish out of water kind of uh, kind of aspect, but you know unfamiliar perspective. Uh, and I guess that's kind of you know that that's a fun kind of concrete concretization of the wider seeing things from a different perspective uh, thrust that that we have with uh, with Marcel. The shell and his grandmother played by Isabella Rossellini in another really great performance. I thought she was really terrific. Yeah, the the voice work in general was uh, really strong, and uh, you don't you don't uh, 
you don't get that a lot of times in uh, animated movies because uh, of a desire to to uh, cast celebrities over all else. And I think yeah. uh, this movie did a, a good job of getting people with, uh, you know, unique voices. Because, I mean, Jenny Slate is certainly doing a good job uh, with her, like, sort of graspy, childish voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I, and I just like the fa- I just like the fact that Marcel has shoes. It's just so <laughs> stupid. It's well, like, it's I mean, not only yeah. is this shell able to walk around, the the shell is walking around with shoes on, including and like lace shoes, not even like flip flops or whatever. Yeah, and the and that the, and that the shoes come up. You know, he talks about how much he likes his shoes. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Um, yeah, well, really, and all around. One I, eye is a googly eye. Yes, so he has the one. I guess we should specify that he is a snail shell, and I think all the all the shells are snail shells. So they have that spiral, uh, spiral snail shell thing going on, and so the googly eye is at the opening of the snail shell. That would be where the. Uh, uh, where the, yeah, the that, design that, overall of uh, Marcel is great. I, I completely agree. Uh, I, it's, and it's funny because it, well, it's it's very simple, and that goes a long way when it comes to, uh, when it comes to character design, of course. Um, like uh, th- that, there's a, you can see the, all the moving parts. And but they they come together and it's very expressive and that's something I was pretty impressed with is that the only facial features are one googly eye and his mouth and otherwise there's nothing else that moves other I guess other than his little feet there's nothing else that moves on the shell like it's a static thing so uh, so he can't necessarily like say furrow his brow or something like that all the expression has to come from the voice performance um, what they do with the googly eye and then what they do with the little animated mouth on the on the shell. And all that came together beautifully. I mean, it's a very expressive little character. Um, and I was just double checking to just to, to check and see. This is now, uh, as of uh, I think announced a little while ago. This is an Oscar-nominated motion picture. Yeah, it, uh, um, Oscar-nominated for best animated feature. For best animated feature film. Uh, and I and I really hope that it wins because, as far as I know, the uh, the Disney and Pixar offerings this year were pretty lackluster, right? Is there? I mean, was there like a big splash kind of Pixar things? I know they tell uh, the Puss in Boots uh, movie was actually really good, so that might give it a run for its money. All right, well, yeah, I, but I, I mean, just because it's good doesn't mean it'll win. That's um, a good point. Let me just look at what else is uh, in the running. Um, yeah, because I want Marcel to win too. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, the other the other heavy is uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Pinocchio, right? Which is also right. excellent. Oh, okay. So yeah, so it was Turning Red was the Pixar for this uh, for this year. Yeah, fuck and... that movie. <laughs> and then a Netflix original, The Sea Beast. All right. Well, whatever. Yeah, we'll what see. if being a red panda had bureaucracy to it? <laughs> hey, what if? What if uh, what if undergoing the change as a as a kid uh, was a job? Was, was that the, the what if Teen Wolf I haven't but seen Chinese it. Girl? What if Teen Wolf but Chinese? What if what if Teen Wolf but but uh, War on Terror uh, period piece? Yes. <laughs> what if Teen Wolf had to menstruate? Now l- listen to this. You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. 
is whoever directed Turning Red is going to hear this podcast and they're going to come hassle me on Twitter. That's what they're going to do. Good. And th- and then I'll have to say, all right, I'll watch your movie, and then I'll watch it and I'll cry, and then I will love it, and we'll have to record another podcast. Oh yeah, that cool. that's a, that's a, the elephant in the room here. Uh, uh, okay. Did all right, Daniel all right. we'll, or did Daniel we'll, not cry during Marcel Deschamps' shoes on? We will round out our discussion here on this mea culpa episode, uh, where I I had almost I forgotten about it. Where I where I demonstrate my integrity. By having gone through with my promise, and I kept my promise to watch Marcel the Shell's shoes on, and moreover, I demonstrate my integrity by not petulantly and childishly refusing to let Marcel into my heart, but I let him into my heart. Uh, yeah, so you're gonna hear you're gonna hear about a controversy. I'll say I'll call it a controversy, uh, where Ronnie is going to insist that I cried while watching uh, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Simply because of, you know, and again, we talked about it on the show, my experience watching Coco as the father of a, of a, a young child. Uh, and I would just like to, let's go, let's go to the tape. Let's go to the... Don't blame your young the, child for that. I will blame my young child for that, because that's the reason why I cried at the movie about being a dad. If I wasn't a dad, I wouldn't have been upset about it. Uh, Most movies so are the, about being a dad. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to go back to the tape. We're going to go back to the, uh, the show chat here uh ronnie and i are in we're in we're always in constant contact uh pinging off one another of course uh definitely while we're watching the same movie uh and uh and here we go uh here's the segment here uh i'll just read this is my part here more movies should have the real-time news magazine segments about what's going on embedded in the runtime i'm not crying at all just so you're aware you can't say i was crying in the newspaper ronnie omg you're crying Daniel, I just proved I wasn't. So who are you going to believe? The fact that people? you brought it up suggests to me that you cried. The fact that I brought it up is because you accused me of crying at every movie, and I wanted to get out ahead of that and let you know that that wasn't happening. Look, you already know that I cried at Coco. It was not, not even like... in my thoughts at the time <laughs> until you brought it up. <laughs> Look, all right. Uh, this is one, you know, much like what, what we do, how we do for uh, the, the Thronderdome debate topics where I say we'll let the listeners decide and you just take that to mean you won. I do think we can let the listeners decide here. I was touched. I was moved by Marcel You should put Michelle up a poll on, on Twitter. Did Daniel cry during <laughs> Marcel Michel? I don't think I don't think that's really methodologically sound. I don't think that's a way of discovering the truth of the matter. I think that's a way of discovering what, you how you manipulate. think I'm going to stuff the ballot box? No, I think you're going to stuff the ballot box. I think you're you you you've you've established you've created this image of me as this as this weepy guy, and I'm not. I'm not very weepy. You cried <laughs> through Coco, dude. And I, <laughs> we've been over that. And this this wasn't Coco. This was Marcel the Shell with Shoes on the movie that I thought I would hate, and then I didn't. Um, so similarly uh, adorable. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't you didn't like, shed well, a tear even when spoiler word Aunt Connie died or Grandma Connie died. I I'm not gonna say I wasn't like verklempt. I'm not gonna say that I you know I'm not made of stone here. Uh, but as for like actual like tears rolling down my face, uh, no that that didn't happen. I was I was uh, no, I didn't. 
Well, how about you? I never cry. I don't have emotions. Oh, see, you paused. You paused. I mean, if we're if we're doing like bullshit, if we're doing bullshit criminal minds profiling <laughs> to accuse each other of crying, I'm doing that right now. You paused a little too long as you thought, hmm, do I dare lie about this on national television, which is what this podcast is. You paused. You cried, dude. I did you not cried. pause. That was due to the lag between our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I think we'll leave that for the audience to decide. But I would like to say thank you, uh, Ronnie, for uh, challenging me to watch this movie. It was a genuine delight. I had a really great time. Um I'm probably going to make, make my wife watch it. I say make my wife watch it. I'm probably going to say, hey, you'd enjoy this, honey. Uh, and I let Marcel into my heart, and he has made me a better person. Um, Hell, I would go and, so far as to say your five-year-old might enjoy this. Because, you know, it's would. a I, little shell guy running around. Yeah, I would, I would have to explain the 60 Minutes jokes to her, and I would, I would have to explain 60 Minutes. Um, so she might not have a lot of fun with that. But that's but what you that's love gonna... most of all of being a parent is explaining shit uh, that your child doesn't ignorantly doesn't know. Exactly. I mean, I mean really, if I have smart, like smart is like half of your reason for becoming a parent. <laughs> I have like five solid minutes on Andy Rooney segments alone. If we're going to be talking about sixty minutes, and of course I'm going to have to put it in the context of the other news magazine shows, like the terrible Dateline and the awful Twenty Twenty. Only sixty minutes. Uh, is really, you know, uh, bears the standard of journalistic integrity. Um, but with all but that, I want to But before we thank... sign off, I just want to, <laughs> full disclosure, say that I actually have a metal Marcel the Shell with shoes on replica that I put on my uh, my laptop. And he's right there right now. Oh, fantastic. With his little googly eyes staring at me. <laughs> even Even better. Uh, and I, of course, have my uh, little uh, vinyl salad fingers um, figurine that I got from Hot Topic that I don't like, and it's sitting right there mocking me. Uh, so, so, so there, there we have. Sounds that. like you doth protest too much, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't actually. I don't even. I don't think they made any. But if they did, you could probably could have found them at Hot Topic in two thousand eight. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Well, th- thank you, listeners, for joining us on this uh, indulgent personal journey where I overcame my prior uh, prejudices to open my heart to a little shell man. And thank you, Ronnie, for being the Virgil to my Dante, uh, guiding me through this incredible spiritual journey. Um, for a second, I thought of... you were going to call me Virgil Texas, because that, that'd be <laughs> wrong. I would, I'm going to tell you something. I may abuse you constantly, but I would never do that to you. Uh, but speaking of spiritual journeys, uh, of course, uh, this is just to remind everybody, this is a bonus episode in, in between our, our main series, uh, reading and recapping the Thrawn series, uh, the Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn. So I think we have one more bonus on deck where we're going to be talking with a friend of the show, uh, Megan about uh, Thrawn's place in the Star Wars fandom amongst people who are Star Wars enjoyers, how they feel about him, how where he has appeared, um, what kind of horrible, horrible deviant art we can find of him. Uh, so look I, for I that I like how until this soon. plug we had made no mention whatsoever of Star Wars and we're nominally a Star Wars podcast. Oh, on this episode? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is an episode that was about us. This is an episode about our arc 
as creators. This was really a lot like Marcel the Shell with Shoes On because ultimately it was about us as documentarians. All I'm saying is I really hope this is someone's first episode of the show. They're going to be so confused. (laughs) Hey, it's not the first mention of Star Wars because I did mention that the title of the episode where our Marcel the Shell with Shoes On debate was called A Star Wars Tape in Your Trans Am. So... And the, this S- the SW word has a titled Daniel is wrong again. Yeah, I'm 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 thinking of calling it uh Daniel's Folly Part 3. Uh boy, wait till he... we're like <laughs> like four books in. It's like and now for a new episode, Daniel's Folly Part 37. <laughs> it's it will be humbling uh and and appropriate. But thank you everyone for joining us on this discussion of a of a delightful little film that I I never would have sought out unless uh, my intrepid co-host Ronnie Gardaki had uh, made it a matter of honor for me. So thank you again, Ronnie. Thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you, Dean, for uh, documenting Marcel the Shell with Shoes on for us and for, uh, for, being a, for being an okay guy online when I was kind of being crappy. Uh, so um, with all that, uh, we'll, we'll bid you all adieu look forward to more bonus episodes and we'll get cranked up with the second volume in the thrawn trilogy dark force rising coming up in just a few weeks goodbye